Welcome one and all to the Damage Report. We're gonna be closing out the week right with me, John Darola and Brett Ehrlich, the host of usually the happy half hour. It was superseded this week by the Democratic Candidate Forum. We're very glad to have you here on your true home of TDR Fridays. Yeah, it's it's super awesome to be here. Um, I'm just, John and I, before we started uh, the, the show today, we're complaining about parts of our bodies hurting. His at least made sense, right? The part of you that hurts is a joint mine. I just for the 40 plus audience, have you ever had it like hurt right here? I don't even know what that would be that would hurt. For the podcast listeners, it's directly between my wrist and my elbow on the mm. underside of my forearm. I don't know why it started hurting. I was like, that's like a throb. <laughs> there's no explanation. I have a yeah, back pain that hurts me more in, in throbbing like my front after 40s. And my arm, um, it's okay, just well, radiated. You, we're gonna need you to take some ibuprofen, okay, and gird yourself because there's a lot of news to talk about. On is that really ibuprofen? That's an ibuprofen antacid. does not sponsor us. Oh, take that, that too. That's another Just over forty issue thing. John. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, we do have a lot to talk about. Okay, we are gonna be cataloging from top to bottom all of the parts of our bodies that hurt, but then we're also gonna be cataloging the parts of our government that hurt. God, he's so smooth. But anyway, um, we're gonna be checking in on George Santos. You know, we've been speculating what is this boy gonna do after he's been uh booted from Congress. We missed one thing he could do that apparently is working out pretty well. And then we're also gonna be seeing um this effort to replace him. How is that going on both the Democratic and Republican side? That's arguably more consequential, and we've got some fascinating developments there. Hunter Biden facing new indictments, dramatic, and obviously we're in really bad moods. Because we are devoted to the Biden family, obviously, and a whole lot more besides. Bad news potentially coming for Matt Gates, and then stick around for the aftermath. Assuming you're not listening on the podcast, if you are, by the way, go over to YouTube and watch it. But um, what has Taylor Swift done now that has caused the right wing to fall apart at the seams? And a little bit more AI and garbage people. Oh, we got garbage people for you. So in advance of all that, please hit the like button and share the stream. You can send us your comments, tweets, and super chats. We'll respond to them. And also, one of you might just get a $100 Blue Apron gift card. With all that said, Brett, are you ready to do this thing? Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. Nailed it. Let's go. Hey, tough years make us stronger. 2024 is going to be a much, much better year. Keep your head up, look forward, never look back, and everything is going to be okay. You will get through this. You are fabulous, and you're going to slay 2024. Well, I feel better. Do you all feel better? That was so inspirational, that message from former Congressman George Santos. That video was not obviously made specifically for the damage report, but it was made for somebody for money because that is what George Santos has transitioned into, a cameo career that apparently is doing gangbusters. The dude is apparently pulling in the equivalent projected over the course of a year more than he was as a congressman. And I think it's important for the country to just take a second to really think about the implications of that. But it is true for a small fee, debatably small. You could ask Santos to tell your mom that you love her or roast one of your friends on Cameo. He initially was charging $75, but there was a lot of demand. So the price went up to $400. And to be and because of that, over four days in cameo appearances, they say he would clear more than he did as a member of Congress. I, again, I think that they mean that they're projecting that over time, not just in the four days, but who knows, why not? 
And the video that we showed you, that's the sort of video that you're gonna get. It's gonna be him poorly framed, not dressed up, not really having prepped himself. There's no teleprompter. He's like looking down at notes or something kind of and half-assing it at best. Um, but we wanna give you a feel for a few more of these videos he's made. Take a look at this mashup. Hey, token straight friends. I mean, I was a whole congressman up until last Friday. Could have just stopped by my office. Let's talk about Botox for a second. You can tell it works. I'm 35, don't look at from rise to congressman to fallen diva, as they all say. I know you were trouble when you walked in. That's me. Love that your siblings call you the chaos child because that's how I'm known in my house. So we have that in common, period. Keep slaying, queen. Mwah. So uh, apparently there is nothing you can ask him to say that he will not say for money. Brett, what do you make of this? I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you on your detective work there. I think the way that this Vox article phrases it, he has made more money in four days of cameo appearances than he would have made in one year. But how does that $174,000. Okay, to me, get it doesn't matter. paid on he cameo for doing Brett. it. He's making infinite money from the point of view of a regular person, whether it's over, he's making a bajillion saying, like, dollars. If sure, I just yes. don't think Vox is the kind of place that would do that kind of stupid extrapolation, assuming people would continue to ask for George Santos cameos at the clip they're asking for them now. Mm -hmm. Well, regardless, he has made still in the pen, a lot of money. Friend. So regardless, we can comment on it. Right. I want on your assumption. I then for that, I want him like a lot of the messages that you played were George Santos seeming like he was like delivering inspirational messages. I want to meet the people who actually are looking for inspiration from <laughs> George Santos. It's only like crypto grifters. It's like, listen, you will find as you fall out of this this tree, you had no right to climb up. You will hit so many, so many money branches on that money tree on your way down, but eventually you will hit the bottom. And you will be one of those people like in that list of like, you know, driving for Jesus, like singathon in like Poughkeepsie, where it's like people you've never heard of and like four people you've heard of, like preaching for mm -hmm. the Lord, saying to, you know, keep COVID away, which is fake. And also Trump got the election stolen from him. But it's not a, like the Trump ha a, a campaign even has to put out an announcement saying you're not affiliated with us. Please go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So look, he's, he's making a lot of money. There is, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, there's nothing that he is doing wrong here for the first time in his life, I think, right? He's right. He, 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 the price is what he says it is. You get, as far as we know, what you paid for, you know? But, yeah. Um, so he's not doing anything wrong. But it still feels wrong that well, he's going to pull in hundreds of thousands of dollars based purely on the fact. And he can only make this money because he lied and committed crimes and made a profile for himself as a result of that. When so many people are suffering, it feels wrong, even though he's not doing anything wrong. Right. But there is still a, a delusion involved. An illusion, a delusion, some kind of subtext that makes it amazing. Like his rise, he lied to get to where he 
was, right? And so there was a delusion, there was something happening that wasn't reality. Now the delusion's just warped, right? It's now it's Santos. He honestly is probably deluding himself in a very pathological way into believing that these really are fans of his asking him to do stuff. That's the Maybe. fascinating part about someone who's such a con man like this is that is is he he seems in his eyes and what makes it entertaining for the cameo asker is he still you know he might be profiting on it but I am now enjoying it in a different way than I and that is like you know equal and opposite to how frustrated I was on his ascent to the top and mm -hmm. I as someone who gets to see these cameos I didn't pay for it is quite rewarding and cathartic. Yeah, I th look, you might be right. I don't know that. I don't know if he would care. Like, if he was sure that 99% of these are from people that are making fun of him, he is still laughing all the way to the bank, I guess. Um, he is making more money than I think we can reliably say than he has off of anything else. I mean, look, he's alleged to have stolen a lot of money from his campaign donors, but not, you know, if this, if this continues for months, this is going to be more money than that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of an honest thing. Like, I guess I, I need a target for the anger and frustration that I feel. So I guess I'm going to put it, as I so often do, on if anybody in this is the problem, it's us, right? Like, as a society. It is politics as entertainment is the culprit mm -hmm. instead of politics as a means by which to improve people's lives. That is what's yeah. at play here. This is where it most is crystallized. It was first with Donald Trump. He got on a debate stage and maybe he didn't say things that would ever result in any tangible positive change for people in America. But in a world where you're so frustrated with Congress because you, you don't know really what it does and how it makes your life better. You know, it's just not making mm -hmm. your life better, but you don't know how it would make your life better. But if you see someone who's entertaining you in politics, seeming to make the average politician's life worse, that is entertaining and rewarding for you. And that is politics working in a way it wasn't intended to work in. But for you, at least you're getting something out of it. Similarly here, Santos was just a freak sideshow. And yeah. I don't know what Congress does. I don't know how it's going to make life better. I know something with transing the kids if you're on Santos's general side. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, at least he's gone and I can make this douchebag dance in a way that, you know, compare mm -hmm. my five, my whatever it was originally $75 to Santos versus $75. And like, I pay that much a month, probably if I was, if I, you know, didn't get that app that tells me how many random video streaming sites I'm signed up for. <laughs> I need to get one of those, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is possible. Um, And look, you know, we, we try to like we we obviously care about what happens in politics and we care about the interplay between media and that. Um, I also very often find politics to be entertaining. I think that's clear to everyone who watches this. I try to be a part of making it entertaining because I think it's important that we keep people invested in what's going on. And if you are not to some extent entertained by that, I think that that's a bad thing. That said, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I find AOC's question line of questioning at the House Oversight Committee hearing on trans uh, uh, athletes I found very entertaining. This is entertaining as well. 
they're very different things and they're entertaining for different reasons. Well, it used I to be rouse, rousing and inspirational was what we would hope yes. we get from our politicians. Now it's like a eh, freak show or telling a freak show they're a freak show. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like maybe if we got like a cameo from like the president from Independence Day to give us a rousing inspirational speech. You can put your cameo money into that. I think, and I'm going to close with this. The the thing that I think fundamentally bothers me about this is, and and I'm frustrated because this is like he's being perfectly honest in this, but it feels like just another instance of one of the core components of American society, which is just get your name out there. The best way to do that is by doing terrible things, conning people, scamming people, being awful, and then once you do that. You're likely set for life. You can do anything you want. You do horrendous stuff on YouTube. You con the people that are most devoted to you. But now you're a famous person. And so you can translate that money into any opportunity you want or in politics now, apparently, too. So it just that I hate that we elevate the worst people. And here is a really crystallized example of it. In a couple of days, he's going to make more money than a lot of people in the audience will make in years and years and years. And that he's not being dishonest, but I still don't like it. And it's just less and less likely that something like this can happen these days. That's why it's so impressive. Because we have so much access to all this information. And there was only one real newspaper in his local area that was like, this guy's weird. Um, But this is how America used to be, man. Like, there there was, (laughs) yeah. It makes me long for the days when you could, like, there's this one amazing book about just lying. It's called... um, I forget. I'll remember it in a second. It's um, it's about basically the founding of the the colony of the Congo, um, King Leopold's ghost, and I've heard it ends up talking about the Congo. But along the way, all the people, all the Americans who were involved with that were people who just moved to America and lied for like decades to make a fortune, like full on oh. charlatans. And you could do that back in the day, just and that was like part of the appeal of America. You could just go be a charlatan here, um, and and those days are. Are usually gone, but in a in a time yeah. where we have a lot of things to cross reference it against, it's impressive when they get this far. Okay, well, uh, I like that as an ending point for this because I want to transition to now. I guess we're doing a redo on George Santos's district. It's going to need to be filled. Maybe we can make sure that we weed out the baddies this time around. And so let's identify some of the baddies or alleged baddies. One of the Republicans who is fighting to replace George Santos turns out to have an arguably more checkered past than even George Santos himself. His name is Philip Grillo. And here are some photos of Philip Grillo. Uh, can you tell where those were taken? It's an Timmy's enthusiast party. of the government. Oh no, the yeah, January 6th. Um, that Sorry, was taken on January 6th. Can you guess where? Well, you should be able to based on the context. Yes, Philip Grillo, candidate in the special election for Santos's vacant Long Island seat, was convicted this week of charges relating to the January 6th coup attempt when he entered and exited the building multiple times, at least once through a broken window. Uh, we have some amazing excerpts from the trial. At one point, uh, he was interviewed on camera uh, about why he was there at January 6th. And this, so they have all this footage from him being there. And he said, I'm here to stop the steal. It's our effing house. He got further into the Capitol, now recording videos of himself saying, we effing did it. You understand? We stormed the Capitol. We shut it down. We did it. We shut the mother. 
I don't know what comes after that. Uh, on his third entrance to the building, he can be seen in multiple instances pushing up against police officers, back the blue, uh, from his cell phone, smoking marijuana and high-fiving other rioters. And now at his trial, um, he testified that he had, quote, no idea Congress convened inside the Capitol. I just would, that. by the way, that did not save him. He's been convicted now. I would love the, to ask the follow-up question. So then why were you breaking in there? Like, first of all, you were definitely breaking in there because of Congress and you knew the Congress was there. But if that wasn't the reason, why were you sacking the Capitol? What did you think happens there? Brett, what do you make of this? That's where he was told to go. It's on the money. I've seen it before. It looks fancy. Let's do it. I, I he didn't know that they convened there. Maybe he thought that's where their offices were. Like hmm. that's that to me isn't like he's lying. That's like it's even more okay. impressive how little they're connecting dots in those like marble like two marble brains of theirs. <laughs> and and this used to be like like. I would say, is he a contender? I don't know, like an, a real contender. Given the, I feel like the people in that district are going to be a little bit more. Um, you pay a little bit more attention to the specifics of the candidates this go around. Reminder oh. that this this is a a formerly blue district that got flipped by Santos. Maybe the people in that district are who are who voted for him on the Republican side have a little more egg in their face and might be a little more apprehensive to actually go vote this this go around. Um, and the people who missed the boat and didn't vote on the on the Democratic right. side might be more like, no, we're not going to let this happen again. This is embarrassing, even for Long Island. Um, so there you go. I hope so. Um, anyway, found guilty on felony charge of obstruction of an official proceeding, along with a series of misdemeanors, including entering restricted grounds and disorderly conduct in a Capitol building. Um, and, I, and I can only like wonder, could he have been saved if Mike Johnson had been able to blur the footage first? My God, love that. Not. Love that. Anyway, uh, he was one of 19 Republicans who had announced their candidacy for that seat. Uh, let's vet all of them. By the way, don't accept any fact. Like if they say they went to a college, just please check. If they say they played on a particular volleyball team, look into it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Um, well, that's if the they Republican say they side. voted. If they say they played on a volleyball team, don't vote for them, right, John? Volleyball's for losers. That's not true. I think it's a great team. I, it's. It John so loves volleyball. The volleyball is not a more popular sport in America. It's I my favorite part of that, John. Anyway, like, um, I don't get it. I, I, I would get probably it. die where I'd try to play it right now, but it's I don't a sport get it. Where you only have to move a little at a time. What's wrong with this? Nothing. It should be on the same level as basketball, football, and baseball. I'm just going to say that. Um, but anyway, that's the Republican side. What about the Democratic side? We're going to replace George Santos. It's a district that used to be blue. A Democrat could conceivably win. Well, which Democrat are they putting forward? Well, local party bosses uh, on Thursday nominated former representative Tom Suozzi. Uh, and you can see him right here. So uh, formerly representative, you know, that, that might well be why they feel comfortable with him. Um, probably has a track record of being able to raise money and things like that. And he's a Democrat, so probably fine, right? Well. Not so fast. There are some potential issues, particularly when you bear in mind that this is this isn't like you know rural Georgia. Uh, this is New York. Okay, so Brett is okay. Yes, it is Long Island. Brett, feel free to add that context in one second. But I want to give you some facts about the former representative. 
Uh, he has long been a less enthusiastic supporter of abortion rights than most Democrats, including seeking to promote abstinence when he served as Nassau County Executive. He has previously supported the Hyde Amendment, which prevents federal funding for abortions. But this time around, supposedly Governor Hochul made him pledge to run as a full-throated defender of abortion rights. Otherwise, she would seek to block his candidacy. So he promised he would do that, and thankfully, politicians never lie. So we're good. Uh, also. Back in his 2022 primary campaign for governor, he offered praise for the you know so-called "Don't Say Gay" bill. Ron DeSantis is so enthusiastic about saying, "I think it's a very reasonable law not to try to get kids in kindergarten to be talking about sex." I wish it wouldn't become a hot button issue where people are just attacking each other. It's just common sense. Although to be fair, he did say that a long time ago, back in 2022. Uh, oh, also, um, you know, and I wish we could get David Le Dave Leventhal on. He violated the Stock Act, the federal law designed to prevent insider trading more than 300 times, which does not, by the way, mean that he did insider trading 300 times or even one time. But it means that at least 300 times he did not file his paperwork when he was supposed to. This very minimalistic law that we have designed to provide a little bit of oversight. And very few people actually comply with it. Well, he is not a fan of complying with it. Now, Brett, what do you think? How do you violate any rule 300 times? Like, when do you have yeah. the opportunity? Uh, anyways, I love, I'm going to vote for this guy because he looks like he's the, the middle class dude who plays like uh, Gavin Newsom's dad in a flashback. <laughs> and he was actually, he was actually in Secret Service, and he failed to protect uh, Jim Baker in a, in a 1980s gun attack that also hit on the president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Um, I I listen the, the idea that like just because someone seems a little corrupt does not disqualify them from being a, a favorite in a race. It really yes. sadly is about how they market themselves in relation to that. I think the thing that gets under most people's skin more is if I mean, maybe this district is slightly different because of what they're just coming off. Maybe they'll come back to former congressmen, more stability. Please just put something normal in there um, like people did with with um Biden after Trump. Um, but there's this weird vibe people get, this positive uh, light that people see folks in if they really do embrace their previous failures in a way that's charming. And failures can be moral, ethical failures as well. Um, as long as they're able to be people like a human, I think that a, a slightly corrupt, self aware human is something that is more appealing to your average voter than someone who pretends that they're just like in a play. Uh, acting mm -hmm. like a, a politician that doesn't really have any humanity behind them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, we will see what other Democrats, by the way, just because the local party bosses are supporting this guy doesn't mean he's the only one. Um, also, maybe we can have him on and find out if he is deserving of taking George Santos's place. Maybe we can try to get him to do a cameo video and see if he can match George Santos in that respect. Anyway, we got a lot more to talk about. We're going to take our first break. But when we come back, uh, Hunter Biden facing new indictments. We're going to break them down after this. Hunter Biden is now facing nine more indictments. Uh, these are on, or charges, I should say, specifically in California. Uh, they are added on to the prior legal troubles that he already has. And this is once again in the area of uh, tax issues. So the special counsel, David Weiss, had previously said several months ago that um, when his initial charges having to do with gun registration and tax issues, 
were raised that he'd be looking to others, and now we have those. And so we want to break down what they actually are. We have three felonies, six misdemeanors, so this is serious. Um, they come after the implosion of a plea deal over the summer that would have spared him jail time. Uh, the new charges against Hunter Biden include filing a false return and tax evasion felonies, as well as misdemeanor failure to file and failure to pay. Now, were he to face uh, the maximum sentence for all of these charges, which is extremely unlikely, he could face 17 years in prison. And here's a comment from the special counsel about this saying that he spent millions of dollars on an extravagant lifestyle rather than paying his tax bills. The charges are centered on at least $1.4 million in taxes that Hunter Biden owed back between 2016 and 2019, a period where he has acknowledged struggling with addiction. The back taxes, by the way, have already been paid. We've known that for some time. That said, I want to give you details about what he had apparently, and this is all coming from these indictments, been spending the money on rather than on his taxes. So let's see, we have $683,000 for the category of various women, which is something, $397,000 for clothing and accessories. So I think he has George Santos beat on that. $188,000 on adult entertainment. I don't know exactly what that means. Is that, I like, assume that's pornography or OnlyFans? No. Roller coasters, you need to be like adult size to ride. Dave and Busters is a good one. Like, it's great I think adult you need to be adult for. Like watching okay, sure. rated R movies, like uh, Back to mm -hmm. the Future. I don't know. Some the, uh, you know, eating as much ice cream as you want because you can. Cause like in the adult. morning. Yeah, like um, like ice cream for breakfast, that's adult entertainment. Yeah, that yeah, kind of stuff. 100%. Um, but anyway, I want to bring up this graphic where you can see there, there was a lot of money being thrown away. That is certainly the case. I mean, you have $300,000 for tuition. That's admirable, I guess. A lot of health and beauty, a lot of money spent on food, I mean, recreation. Like, You don't need $23,000 for sports and recreation after you've spent so many millions of dollars on arguably sports and recreation of a variety of different types. But anyway, that's that's the information they have. And um, bad news for the Bidens, potentially. James Comer, very excited about this, uh, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, uh, saying that um, you know it's great that they were able to conduct this investigation. He's been critical of what he sees as a biased approach to investigating Hunter Biden as well as Joe Biden in the past. So uh, arguably, this should allay his fears. Hey, look, they found more indictments. So I guess they're being fair. I kind of doubt that that's the approach he's going to take. And all over Fox News this morning, by the way, Brett, uh, Republic, the, the conservatives very excited about this. Oddly enough, all of them are talking about it as if Joe Biden is facing the charges. Maybe we'll play some video come Monday or whatever, but it is very weird how excited they are in lieu of Joe Biden being proven to have done anything. The fact that we have more details about what we already know Hunter Biden did is supposed to prove that Joe Biden is corrupt. I don't understand it, but what do you think? I just don't understand that the same people who are like cheering for the demise of Hunter Biden are also probably like Andrew Tate fans. Cause this seems like he's just painting by numbers the the life Andrew Tate wants you to have. You gotta pay six hundred thousand dollars first. This is Mike Jordan Peterson as Andrew Tate. Six hundred thousand dollars for payments dash various women. Like there have to be <laughs> folks in the right wing. Camp of alpha dogness should be tattooing Hunter Biden on their backs, like because he is living such an awesome life, 
And I'm I'm upset that he's not paying the taxes. I don't know what the tax rate is for $683,212 to, or I don't even know, two. It says four in the in, in media, <laughs> four various women. It's yeah. so amazing. But I don't, if, 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 again, like the thing that I think we all are saying is, it is weird to to want to like wish that the Joe Biden um, be immune from anything bad that he is implicated in through evidence based research. Like I, if if this translates into Joe Biden was corrupt, then he should suffer the consequences that a corrupt person should suffer. I I, I don't like the folks that are like because. We have some evidence about Hunter Biden being horrible. That means we need to impeach Joe Biden. I don't think any yeah. real honest American thinks that they should go to jail because their child is kind of a, a f up. Yeah, but yeah, and, and on the converse, if Hunter Biden did this and it seems like they have good evidence, then yeah, he should suffer the consequences. He shouldn't be immune simply because he's a Biden. And I know if you know Republicans are watching, they might be surprised by that. But I will say once again, we we don't have. I'm not. Hunter Biden's not my buddy. Like, I don't have any special attachment to him or to Biden, by the way. If they actually did these things, I would love it if you would care about the actual horrible things that Joe Biden has, has done. You don't. You care about fake made up stuff, um, which I don't Though, John, understand. I will say really quickly, Hunter Biden does sound like an awesome buddy to have. That is true. I don't, I don't have a buddy that awesome, but I do have some awesome buddies. Sometimes they host the show with me. And uh, you pointed out that the stuff that he did, his lifestyle, seems like exactly the lifestyle that they say that they support, which is 100% true. Also, he avoided paying his taxes, which their god emperor has bragged about doing in the past. They think they think it's ridiculous that you should be going after people for their taxes. They also, by the way, think it's ridiculous that you should be regulating guns. So the two things that they've got him on are two things that 99 times out of 100, they would defend, assuming it's a Republican. but. If this is all they can get Hunter Biden on, then suddenly all of their principles go out the window. The Whereas only for me, I say if you break the law, you should go to jail. The only two, case. the only two certainties in Republican uh, double standardness are guns and taxes. Boom, I like it. Okay, um, let's. Uh, you know what? We we have a big story that we're gonna jump into next. So I think we're gonna take our second break a little bit early. Respond to some of your comments. And then when we come back, we've already lost one congressman, actually two, arguably with uh, you know with uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy stepping down. Could we be about to lose a third? We're going to tell you who that is and what they're facing after this. With George Santos now being booted out of Congress, some Republicans are actually apparently looking forward to the next member that they might be able to kick out, and that is Matt Gates. So we're gonna have a little bit of fun with this. Uh, according to reporting, GOP lawmakers are much more, quote, excited to expel Gates than Santos if the House Ethics Committee releases a report that is just as damning for Gates as it was for the Long Island Republican. Uh, one of these Republicans spoke on condition of anonymity to USA Today and said that members are waiting for any ethics report to be released before publicly calling for his ouster, which yeah, I don't, you, you can't do that in lieu of the, the ethics committee report. So they. That is understandable, but apparently they're sort of salivating for it. Uh, 
The quote from the anonymous Republican says, if there's anything in there that's bad, I can guarantee people will have their fangs out. He is hated in our conference. If he comes back as guilty in this ethics thing, I think he's in trouble. And adding on to his troubles in a recent closed door conference meeting, Gates apparently stood up to speak, but was yelled at by members to quote, sit down and shut up, reflecting the animosity GOP lawmakers still harbor for Gates. There, this is not, by the way, unanimous across the caucus, obviously. He does have some friends. And even those who might not like Gates personally think, maybe understandably, that they might be getting too comfortable with kicking people out based on things that haven't yet been adjudicated in a court. So don't take this as a guarantee that Gates is doomed, even if that ethics committee releases a report and it ends up being damning, neither of which is uh, you know, a foregone conclusion. But with all those caveats, Brett, what do you think? All of this is a bed Republicans have made for themselves. Like, and and I say that because the behavior of a Democrat in relation to the, all this weird, like, let's eat our own instinct in the Republican Party is just what Mitch McConnell did um, to Merrick Garland. And when I say that, it's like there was a time when, you know, at least in front of the cameras and in effect, there would be people who are like, I know that that side, like my side has has some power now, but in the interest of protecting the integrity of uh, the Congress, we will help maintain sanity when some people have gone insane. But Mitch McConnell was like, no, I just care about like the real politic power that I have at this time. So it, this is a Republican Congress. Or, you know, House of Representatives, and they would be the ones choosing to eat their own in Kevin McCarthy's case, in George Santos' case. And they're going to try to blame Democrats and look to Democrats and be like, come on, save us, or this on this slippery slope. And the Democrats mm-hmm. are rightly going to say, well, we've tried. Kevin McCarthy told us to go F ourselves and then blamed us for stuff that wasn't our fault. So you guys either get your house in order or we'll help them clean this house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A weird twisted potential side effect of that, I think, might be that in sort of like doing this infighting and eating their own as you're laying out, like some of them are warning that this is a slippery slope that could be used, you know, in in the future in other cases. Like it's weird, like they could be doing this and eating their own. And then eventually, with the new norm that they have created, which they've warned against but participated in, then start attacking the Democrats, which is sort of weird. Like normally you'd expect. Well, the Democrats have been so unfair and they've gone after the Republicans. Now it's gonna be turned around on them. It doesn't even necessarily require democratic participation in this case to normalize something that could end up hurting the Democrats. Um, But anyway, I do wanna remind you, I realize I probably should front load a little bit of this. I just assume that everybody knows the whole story of Matt Gates and what he is facing. Um, But I will remind you that the House Ethics Committee is investigating a variety of different allegations, including accusations of sexual misconduct, illicit drug use, and misuse of campaign funds. The committee has reached out to at least one witness in its investigation and assigned the panel is turning to Gates now. That was just a few days ago that that came out and put this story back on people's radar. Again, doesn't mean that the witness is gonna have damning testimony about him. Doesn't mean the witness is even going to testify um, so don't get too excited. And I will remind you that the Justice Department investigated Gates over sex trafficking allegations, but decided not to pursue charges against him earlier this year, which does not mean that they didn't find anything. Um, and it doesn't mean that he shouldn't be um, uh, you know, facing charges, but they were not advocating for it. And so um, I don't know how excited we should be about these updates, Brett, but they're turning to him and they did a good job at investigating Gates. Um, 
I don't necessarily generally trust them to investigate their own, but at least in that case, they were willing to do it. And perhaps, perhaps their hatred for Matt Gates can lead to them doing a good job once again. What do you think? Way more people in the House of Representatives hate Matt Gates than like Matt Gates. Way more people in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives hate Matt Gates than like Matt Gates. And if they're looking down the barrel of this next go around. A lot of them are like, eh, maybe it's a split Congress anyway. Again, how much does that benefit us? How well are we using the, the political messaging we're able to use as the people who are able to pass stuff in the House? Is it better than having a slight, you know, margin plus or minus and, you know, whatever? Um, and so th that's the calculus that they're doing. Like, uh, you know, you'll you only need a certain number of folks to to try to get rid of him, and then eventually kick him out within your own party, because the Democrats are probably going to be like, peace. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Look, they they won't cross over to save him because they like him. Could they maybe cross over to save him to stop the slippery slope? No, they would have saved Santos. For Santos. I, I'm of well, the but, opinion, but they did do that for Santos twice. But the the ethics report was really damning. There's a big gradient of how damning the Gates report could be. Would Santos, it might have to be really bad for people like Jamie Raskin, who previously had defended. You know, I don't know. What What do you think? Well, I think it's a slippery slope. They already kicked someone out. And so I think it's going to be easier for them to kick another person out. I mean, I hate slippery slope arguments. They frequently don't make any sense. But I do think yeah. that, you know, at least the, 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 it's a political calculation. The people who are outside Congress, like the average voter, are now like they have a frame of reference for people do bad. And the Republicans are the one kicking them out, ones kicking them out for the most part. The Democrats are like, yeah, if you guys want to get, you know, if you you yeah. started this process, we'll help you finish it. But we're not going to, you know, swing the first axe here. Yeah. Um, with slippery slope arguments, often the slipperiest thing is the logic. And I don't think they should. Last thing I'll say, the la, I don't think they need to. I, I wouldn't kick Matt Gates out. I just think it's weird to kick people out in the House of Representatives, and they haven't been, uh, you know, actually committed a crime. The only difference that they they don't tell you is they say the the oh, this is the first time anyone's been kicked out of Congress without committing a crime. Well, no, uh, people have been accused of treason and kicked out without being convicted mm -hmm. of treason. So there yeah. is a lot of treasonousness happening out there as it pertains that's to true. the peaceful transfer of power. And that's the reason that I'm more receptive to it. But like with this stuff, it's like they vote every two years. They run every, they're always running for Congress. Running. And people like Madison Cawthorn have lost their seat as a result of this. Maybe Lauren Boebert's next if they're too toxic for their own districts. Yeah. The only thing I would potentially throw out is a thing for people to consider. You talked about, you know, the, the treason as a possible thing that would change your mind on this. With George Santos, he, like the crimes he had committed and arguably could still commit were very tied to him holding the position. Like him still being in Congress allows him to steal more money from his donors. Whereas I don't know that the same argument necessarily could be said about Matt Gates. The crimes he's committed aren't necessarily intrinsically tied to his continued presence in Congress. And the other thing, the other thing about Matt that. Gates is that his he he's like a a nepo baby from that district. He has sure. like more name recognition than any normal sitting congressman would within their district because his daddy was such a huge player. Famed investor and executive Keith Rabois defended his recent assertions on Twitter that Twitter itself has 
almost surely prevented a second Holocaust as being self-evident upon you know request for comments and clarification from Vice News. So he had indeed said without X, we would almost surely be confronting another Holocaust now. So thank you, Elon Musk. First of all, even if you believe that, that was true, what does Elon Musk have to do with it? Like Twitter existed before him, whatever. Uh, someone had responded at the time, this is extreme hyperbole. And he said, no, without it, the New the, the I think he means New York Times, the NYC, BBC, and the Washington Post would be misleading the people. This is exactly why Hitler had years. If only we had Twitter, it's Twitter, Twitter in the run up to Hitler. But anyway, for context, why is this guy noteworthy? He's a general partner at Founders Fund, the venture capital firm, the oligarch Peter Thiel, co-founded co -founded back in 2005. He was an undergraduate crony of Thiel's at Stanford. Go card. The, the, what's that? Oh, Go shut card. Up. Shut up. And the two worked with Musk at PayPal. And so he's just, he's always all about Elon Musk and trying to give him credit for things. And why not also give him credit for stopping a Holocaust from happening? Anyway, they asked for evidence of this claim. Why would you say this? And he said, it's a self-evident claim, not bold. If people were dependent on the news from outlets like the New York Times, the BBC, or the Washington Post, they would be utterly ignorant of the atrocities. One of the biggest reasons Hitler was able to get away with murder in Stalin II was the complicity, complicity of the media. Fortunately, regular citizens can report the truth and bypass these gatekeepers who are mostly interested in serving as stenographers for the terrorists versus journalists. Well, in response, Vice News provided examples of coverage from all of those different outlets of critical coverage of what the terrorists are doing. Um, he wasn't interested in that. He responded, OMG, you are even worse than I assumed. You obviously lack any knowledge of history. You obviously are so distorted, can't even perform basic diligence. I think that providing examples of the coverage is literally basic diligence. They did it, he didn't. Again, just because people are rich and executives of companies doesn't mean that they're geniuses. In many cases, it doesn't even mean that they're as intelligent as an average person. But Brett, what do you make of this? Uh, I, there's a lot in there, but one of them right off the bat is like another great accomplishment by Elon Musk in the most Elon Musk way possible. Like mm -hmm. he didn't invent the thing, but through marketing and financial maneuvering gets the credit for being the person in charge of the thing. The thing here being Twitter previously, like everything that he has been credited with inventing, he just kind of made his way into the management position of it um, through like the wonders of capitalism. Mm -hmm. And in this scenario, I don't know specifically what Holocaust are you talking about? Are you just saying generically a Holocaust might have happened? That's the thing that reading this article, I have no actual clue what Holocaust he's talking about. It is so mm -hmm. impossible. Like it's disproving that there's a like that something that didn't happen. I can prove that it didn't happen, but I can't prove why something that didn't happen didn't happen. It didn't happen, yeah. But it's weird that most of the people that would like rally around this are in that weird like pocket of the internet who thinks that the Holocaust probably didn't happen. Mm -hmm. This is like when they're for Trump, but against the vaccine, which was Trump's vaccine. They just are so, it's so easy for them to deny the connection. Uh, that that's yeah. so, we kind of mentioned it earlier with the little marbles bouncing around in their heads like the guy, <laughs> you don't, I'm storming the Capitol and then saying, I didn't know that the Capitol is where they do the lawmaking.
Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, you're just that dumb. And all of this serves in your mind is to make you feel good for like 10 seconds saying something that sounds smart, but is dumb if you have the capacity to think about it for like nine seconds. Yeah, I we're gonna return in just a second. We we only have another minute or two on this to the argument that's being made here. But I also want to be very clear about the reason that he's saying the reason he is saying it is not because he has an argument. It's because Elon Musk retweeted anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. That's it. There is a perception now that Elon Musk is anti-Semitic. And so this guy is saying he's preventing a Holocaust. It's just, oh, he's bad for X reason. Well, here's why that cancels it out. That's literally the only thinking that's going on here. Um, but anyway, he goes on to say that without X, Americans' support for Israel would be dangerously low because the atrocities would have been hidden or sanitized. He then goes on to say that the New York Times and BBC have been lying about things like bombing of hospitals or civilian count, accounts of civilian deaths that he thinks are exaggerated. Um, first of all, what he doesn't like is just real. He doesn't actually want journalism done that provides a window into a reality that he would prefer to pretend isn't happening. Also, by the way, people post on on Twitter about those things. So what are you even talking about? Um, are you interested in the accounts from inside of Gaza from people showing their family members who've been blown apart? Like, is he reading those? No, he's not remotely interested in that. Look, to be clear, this argument is so smooth brained. Um, America has supported Israel for decades. It did not require Elon Musk taking over Twitter a couple of years ago. Um, also, there was constant coverage of October 7th. It did not require Twitter. The New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, BBC, all of those covered it and continued to constantly. What are you even talking about? Um, they also, by the way, prior to October 7th, cover other anti-Semitic attacks that people like him and Elon Musk and other right wingers are not as remotely as interested in, like mass shootings of synagogues and bomb threats and things like that. Um, also, Twitter existed to serve this function without Elon Musk needing to take it over. He hasn't changed anything about that that makes it better at doing that. And even if it didn't exist, there's Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and a million other social media sites. So what the hell are you even talking about? Right, and all he's done is is make it less likely that X will be around if you look at the crumbling yeah. financial infrastructure and valuation under his leadership. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you think that it is this important that it's stopping a Holocaust, then he should really sell it to someone who will be, do a better job at uh, at running it. How much time do we have? Do we have enough time Four. to talk about a story? We do. Three. Okay, so we're going to jump into one more story, everyone. It's a weird one, but we're going to end the show with it. Taylor Swift has now been named Person of the Year by Time. It is high praise, but is coming with a lot of criticism from the right wing, who is not fans of this at all. First of all, here is the cover showing Taylor Swift as a person of the year. You can go to Time to see all of their arguments for it. I mean, she's got like the biggest tour in history. She's she's the biggest artist like ever. I'm not, I don't even listen to her music, but I can acknowledge that she is incredibly popular and a lot of people love her more than anything else in this world. And that is very annoying to some people, including Stephen Miller, who could well be the attorney general in a second Trump term saying, what's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic. Okay, well, yes. In art, there is PR, there's you have publicists, there's all sorts of attempts to make people more popular. That's true. That's part of the free market of entertainment, I suppose. But that's not what he's saying there. That is meant to appeal to right-wingers who are, to their bones, conspiracists. They approach everything as, if this makes me uncomfortable, 
there has to be a hidden explanation that will make me feel better if only we could get to the bottom of it. That's what this is about. And uh, other people have been more specific. Uh, Jack Pasabiak says, uh, Kanye tried to warn us about the Taylor Swift psyop and we didn't listen. She has a cult, and wokeness says she has a cult like following that would drink poison Kool Aid for her. The Trump fans are not cult like, just to be clear. And the Elon Musk fans, not cult like at all. It's only Taylor Swift that has those. Uh, the media knows this and they're feeding it. The next step, politics. If you don't think the regime has plans to weaponize her just in time for 2024, you clearly have not been paying attention. She's not a biological weapon. You can't weaponize her. She's famous and she might endorse him. Is the right against like right wing politicians endorsing Donald Trump? Now, granted, all of them combined are not as popular as Taylor Swift. Like you have Conan from the 90s and Superman from the 90s, or sorry, Hercules from the 90s. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's a conspiracy theory. And we have more of this, but Brett, what do you make of this? Listen, I'll just say this. If they, they're arguing against Taylor Swift wrong. They need to do the, the typical like right wing smooth brain thing, which is to say, well, I'm not saying anything, but Taylor Swift was person of the year. Hitler was person of the year in 1938. <laughs> so I'm not saying there's the deep state cabal of the satanic people and, and then just move on. Mm -hmm. Like, Taylor Swift is, I mean, here's some right wing talking points for Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the person who is a business genius who is able to wrestle ownership of her own uh, property back from her, from the, the people that wanted to steal it from her. And she completely changed an industry, allowing people in it to make more money. Yes. Like, there you go. She's, she did a lot. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And look, you can have a problem with her being the time person of the year. I think that's the whole point of having a time person here is so that people will argue about it. And so if people want to point out as like we have a comment at the the end here pointing out that there are like young journalists like reporting from Gaza and risk being blown apart. Like yes, there's always going to be people like that and I think a case can certainly be made, but that is not what the right wing is doing here. They are whining because generally the people who are super famous not for doing horrible things, don't generally uh, agree with them on politics. And Taylor Swift has, I think she's supported Hillary Clinton before. She's tried to register people to vote. They don't want that. They're just, they're whining because she's popular. It really is no more complicated than that. I'm sorry, maybe next year Gina Carano will get it. I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, how much time do we have? Done, like a minute ago. Sorry, apologies. These sorts of errors are why I'm not the time person of the year. Okay, that's it for the first hour. Thank you, everyone. We've got more to come in the aftermath, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.